Hi there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I'm Catherine, and I am so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history and fashion history. To celebrate March the 8th, the International Women's Rights Day, I decided to commemorate these women who changed the fashion world. Today, I want to pay tribute to the first fashion designer in history. When you read about fashion history and the rise of designers, the first name coming is Charles Frederick Worth, an English draper turned tailor who made a name for himself during the 19th century in Paris, dictating to his clients how to dress, and not the contrary as it used to be before. He is said to have laid the foundations for the Parisian haute couture. However, allow me to disagree here. Yes, indeed, over the times and starting with Louis XIV, France and Paris would be tightly associated with fashion and haute couture, Paris being the birthplace of the latter. But no, the, fa- the designer who made Paris the haute couture capital was not a man, but a woman. And this woman was living during the 18th century, the century of Marie-Antoinette and the French Revolution. But as always, when it comes to women, history, the one with a capital H, tends to forget them and to put the emphasis on men's achievements instead. Let me correct this mistake now and introduce you to Rose Bertin. Marie-Jeanne Rose Bertin was born in 1747 in Picardy and died in 1813 at Epinay-sur-Seine in France. She was a millionaire and dressmaker, but she was to become more than that. The legend has it that a fortune teller would have predicted her that she would rise to great fortune and one day would wear a court dress. Her early life wasn't that easy, though. She didn't come from a rich family, didn't benefit from a good education, but she was ambitious. She left the north of France at the age of 16 and moved to Paris, where she began to work for a then very famous millionaire, Mademoiselle Pagel, whose clients were part of the French aristocracy. Rosbertin took advantage of this situation and managed to create very good relationships with her boss's clients. She would show them the last creations and generate sales for Mademoiselle Pagel's shop. She became so good at that, that after some time, she even became Mademoiselle Pagel's business partner. At the age of 23, armed for success earned while working for Mademoiselle Pagel and her relations with the wealthy society, Rose Bertin would open a first shop, Au Grand Mogol, in Paris. Her clientele would follow her and she would gain more, even, from influential aristocrat ladies living at the court of Versailles. Around the same period, a certain Austrian princess destined to marry the future king of France arrived in Versailles. I am, of course, speaking about the infamous Marie-Antoinette. She would create sensations around her, making people, especially French, hating her. 
At least, nobody would be indifferent to her. But she would become a true fashion influencer and icon, an avant-gardist, always shocking and experimenting, and an eternal source of inspiration and fascination for modern designers. Just look at Vivienne Westwood or John Galliano, for example. And a certain Rose Bertin will be the mastermind behind Marie Antoinette's fashion experimentation. They met in 1772, and a friendship would appear between the Queen of France and the fashion designer, to such an extent that Rose Bertin would be nicknamed the Minister of Fashion. If this is not a recognition or an achievement, then I don't know what is it. Charles Frederick Worth was not a Minister of Fashion. <laughs> Just saying. Quite early on, Marie Antoinette understood the power of dressing, and as the Queen of France, she was here to dress, to impress. She was a real fashionista, passionate by fashion, fabrics and accessories. And she had unlimited fundings for that. A budget being the treasure of France. Quite convenient. Twice a week, Rose Bertin would come to see Marie Antoinette to show her the last creations. Together, they would create, launch and change trends people would follow. Being the designer of the Queen also had big repercussions on Bertin's reputation and everybody wanted to be dressed by her. These two women positioned France as the leading country in fashion in Europe and the basis for our contemporary haute couture. This was the golden age for Rose Bertin and the other marchands de mode, mostly women creating dresses and hats. These marchands de mode weren't just tailors which was mostly a men's profession. They were selling fashion, marchand de mode meaning fashion merchant. They were real creators, making their fantasies real and working the same way as our modern designers. They had a vision, they were visionaries, and they were influencing the taste of their customers, advising them on everything from the fabrics of the dress to the accessorization, colors, and hair accessories. And Rose Bertin was the most powerful of them. At the incorporation of the profession as a guild in 1776, the first step to recognition for this profession, Rose Bertin was chosen as the guild's first mistress. She would also create every dress worn by Marie-Antoinette from 1772 to 1792, the year when King Louis XVI was deposed. She would also create the simple white muslin dress Marie-Antoinette wore to be beheaded in 1793. She was the brain orchestrating Marie-Antoinette's signature style. Through the public person of Marie-Antoinette, Rose Bertin would launch several trends which characterized this pre-revolution French society. One of them is these wide gowns worn by women at court. They seem so uncomfortable to wear, right? And you can imagine the nightmare to sit down somewhere or just to pass the doors. The castle of Versailles is big, yes, but the doors haven't been designed for people whose dresses would have been at least three times wider than them. 
I let you imagine the traffic jams they created and how priority of crossing a door or walking corridor could have been enforced. But even if these dresses were nothing than comfortable for women and preventing them to move as freely as they would have loved, the wits had another symbolic. By occupying the at least three times more space than men, women physically were imposing their presence, forcing men to see them, to acknowledge them, to look at them. Another trend of that time was the poof hairstyle. Women would style their hairs up, creating eight, and Rose Bertin would take this trend and exaggerate it. The highest, the better, was the motto. She would create poof hairstyle for Marie Antoinette up to almost one meter. Can you imagine having a one meter hair construction on your head and walking with it? Marie Antoinette did it. And if she did it, all women at the court of Versailles did it too. You can be sure of that. The hairs were decorated with ornaments and objects. Flowers, pearls, feathers, but also fruits, boats, stuffed birds. And I even heard about the case of a woman who had a cage with real birds putting in her hair. Crazy, right? For her style, Rose Bertin would work closely with the Queen's hairdresser, Léonard Autier, also known as Monsieur Léonard, to achieve aids and originality. It was really a time of decadence, superlatives and excesses. The Rococo style. And the French people, who were loaded with taxes and dying from hunger, didn't really look at the extravagance of Versailles with a favorable eye. And you all know what happened next. Parisians, exceeded by the fast of the Queen while they couldn't feed their families, started to protest and to attack symbols of the French royalty. On July 14, 1789, they stormed the Bastille a presence associated with the monarchy absolute power. This was the start of the French Revolution and the end of the monarchy, for a while. Following this event, it was not really good to be associated with the monarchy, and Rose Bertin lost a good part of her aristocrat clientele who emigrated abroad or simply were beheaded. Living in France at that time wasn't easy. It was kind of civil war between the revolutionaries and the royalists. If you weren't in the right camp, you were suspected of treason and killed, not less. Maybe you heard about the guillotine. It is said that it was working without breaks and the streets of Paris were full of blood from the beheaded. A lot of aristocrats emigrated in other European courts. Rose Bertin would herself move to London in 1793, where she would open a shop and continue serving her clients. It is also said that after the end of the revolution and the terror that followed, she came back to Paris and became the designer of Josephine de Beauharnais, also known as Josephine Bonaparte, and first wife of the Emperor Napoleon I. But as the fashion style post-revolution changed, her name being too tightly associated with Marie Antoinette's name, she fell out of fashion. Her clients were almost only foreign women. 
French women, judging her by her past relationships with the royal family, preferred to order their dresses from other dressmakers. When politics influenced fashion and the reputation of fashion designers. What an interesting life she had and how she managed to navigate this troubled period in French history, from the absolute monarchy to the revolution and Napoleon. She was incredibly ambitious and resourceful, and not just the creative mind behind Marie Antoinette's fashion experimentations. She was also a pioneer and introduced new ways to sell her creations. She would create wax dolls that she would dress with her latest creations and send them over to her clients abroad in the various courts of that time, London, Vienna, St. Petersburg, for example, where they could order or make their local tailors reproduce her designs. A wonderful way to export the French fashion and knowledge. These fashion dolls were named Pandor dolls and would exist in different sizes. The Petite Pandor would have the size of a common toy doll and the grand pandor, which would, could be as high as a real person or at least half the size of a real person. During her time with Marie Antoinette, she was the designer everybody wanted to have a dress from. People up from the United States of America would come to visit her shop in Paris and order dresses from her. The European rich families would have their wives and daughters dressed by Rose Bertin. According to her accounting books, she would have had more than 1,500 clients, ranking from aristocracy, actresses and queens, among which Marie Antoinette and Josephine de Beauharnais, as mentioned, but also the Grand Duchesse Maria Fyodorovna of Russia, among others. She was creating trends, but she was also making new trends from existing ones, recycling, in a sense, what she already had a sort of conscious fashion designer before her time. She would have told one day to Marie Antoinette while showing her a repurposed dress, il n'y a de nouveau que ce qui est oublié, meaning there is nothing new except what has been forgotten. May you think about Rose Bertin next time you will look for something new to wear. Just have a look at what you already have and may have forgotten to you had. Rose Bertin became the first fashion designer to become a celebrity before the man considered as such, Charles Frederick Worth. But history can be hard on people, and because she was a woman and associated with the French royalty, fashion history tends to forget about this ambitious woman, a commoner, a self-made woman who dressed all Europe courts, made a name of herself, and changed fashion by posing the basis for modern haute couture. So, let's remember her and celebrate her achievements. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this short fashion story about Rose Bertin and how a woman was able to dictate fashion to the world. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcast, to follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcast with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine, and this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast, 
a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new Fashion Stories Box. Bye.